This is KDXI St. George, Radio St. George at 100.3 FM. It's now time for tips, topics, issues, and positions. And now your host for tips, Dr. Bob Oxley. Hello, everybody. Bob Oxley here for another show. Here we are, topics, issues, and positions. And I've invited back two of my experts because we're going to be talking about politics. Uh, I'd like to bring back uh, Dr. Chip McLeod from our History Political Science Department, as well as Professor Joe Green. Welcome back, gentlemen. Hi, Bob. Good afternoon. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's, it's been quite a month. I, I uh, Last month we got together and we were talking about all the candidates running for the candidacy for president in the Democratic Party. And... Super Tuesday just happened and all kinds of things have happened. Uh, uh, Joe Biden uh, came with one of the most extraordinary comebacks in the history of American presidential politics. And the nomination he's pursued for more than 30 years now lies within his grasp as a result of last Super Tuesday. And uh, we've got a gentleman by the name of Bernie Sanders who's giving a, a run for his money, but he's behind now on the delegates. Um, just, get, just to get it started, what was your impression of last Tuesday? Were you surprised like I was? I think surprise is the watchword in American politics now, Bob. <laughs> uh, people try to predict, try to uh, look at this based on um, the, the past, um, and there's just no way to tell. Uh, I was surprised. Yeah, I, it looked to me like Biden had, had just lost it, but uh, he hasn't. <laughs> He's back in. The uh, I was surprised, uh, amazed, astounded. <laughs> uh, Biden, uh, as far as I was concerned, was written off. I don't think he's a very good candidate. And I think he'll still have some trouble because his uh, delivery and debates tends not to shine the way that uh, some of the other people on the stage are able to shine. But uh, the betting odds, I think, had him at like 11% chance of him winning before the South Carolina primary. So James Clyburn, uh, the senior uh, uh, representative uh, from South Carolina and kind of the dean of uh, African-American congressman. Right. Uh, he's uh, the whip of the House. He's the one of the major leader in the leadership. Made I get w- w- what looks like an astounding speech. I read an account of the speech in which he did uh, the, the kind of thing only a really good black minister can do in a speech and convinced South Carolina African-Americans that they had to vote for Biden, that uh, Mr. Sanders and other candidates uh, weren't, weren't, up to, weren't up to the task. And he got 50% of the vote in South Carolina. And something happened at the next couple of days because uh, Mrs. Ko- Kobachar, Senator Kobachar and... Mayor Buttigieg uh, both dropped out, which meant the field was wide open. And the, the, the analysis we have is that there are these two tracks, a moderate track and a kind of a radical track. And with only one person left in the, the moderate track, uh, well, there were two. Bloomberg was there, but he did really horribly the next day in, in the uh, 
in the actual primary voting. Uh, and we can make fun of that because I don't think we'll really talk about it. we're going to make fun of it. <laughs> and uh, you know, so Biden's left standing and he's getting all the money now. And Well, everybody was waiting for uh, nothing that, that Clyburn said was inevitable. Everybody kind of figured he would back Biden. And so he, as Joe was saying, um, in true Southern fashion, evangelized all the folks in South Carolina uh, they got behind Biden, and uh, we'll have plenty of time for this, I guess. But the two tracks scenario is very important because that's one of the problems the Democrats face. And at the end of every single day, the basic question remains uh, who can get Trump out of the White House? That's what these people are thinking about it at uh, the end of every day as they strategize and watch uh, some very interesting things happen. And Biden's leap to the the front of the race was one of them. Uh, Joe and I were just saying the same thing. I thought he was gone. <laughs> yeah, let me uh, let me throw something at you. Uh, just flash back to January the thirty first. Uh, the Democratic uh, National Committee makes a change in rules and allows Bloomberg to come in. Okay, here's an idea that uh, Jeff Wagner, who is the uh, uh, Saunders, uh, senior advisor, said that the system's rigged. Okay, this is back in January. And uh, to allow Bloomberg to come in. And there's been some thought that Bloomberg, now that he's dropped out of the race, but Bloomberg really set it up whereby uh, he really helped Biden with his ads. That it was already, it was a done deal that he wouldn't wasn't going to make it, but he, uh, with all that media that 400 million dollar media blitz really 500 i think 500 yeah really helped out really helped out the moderate uh, ideal to the people got it across that really directly and indirectly helped out biden and that's maybe one of the reasons why he did so well in the southern states and 14 states in super tuesday what do you think about that if we want to speculate and do conspiracy kinds of things uh that Bloomberg had some sort of plan back there. Here's another one for you that I'll throw out. The Democratic National Committee came to Kobachar and Buttigieg and said, uh, you got to go. Uh, I've heard this from and read it. Uh, you've got to go and we'll make sure you get a good cabinet position or maybe even vice president. And But we need to have uh, somebody to stop Mr. Sanders. The, Democratic establishment, especially the people who donate, are really nervous about a Sanders candidacy because he's talking about a revolution and he uses the name Democratic Socialist, but his, his history, his life history is he wants to nationalize industries and so on. People are really nervous about him. So maybe that's a scenario, some kind of a scenario that worked out. I would not be surprised if Buttigieg or Warren, excuse me, or Kobachar were selected as a vice presidential candidate for Mr. Biden. He's old. He needs someone young. That might have been, maybe there's a price paid for that. That's pure speculation. I have no idea whether that... Every Everybody's yeah. talking about uh, exactly what Joe is uh, expounding on there. Yeah. And of course, the the conversation when it 
gets real, as I'll call it, is, well, okay, let's suppose Biden is the, the nominee. He's, uh, he'd be wise, of course, to pick a, a very good vice presidential uh, you know, running mate. And so what's he going for, a woman or the gay guy? Uh, that's out there on every show I watch every day and that sort of thing. Um, I think Bloomberg wasted our time. He's got a lot of money. That was really interesting. I don't know whether there was any overarching strategy behind that, but, uh, with no hesitation at all, changing the rules for him was both inappropriate and wrong. And that's the nature of our political system which is why people are so often disgusted with it. Um, One of the things that Bernie Sanders is absolutely right about is that money's been controlling this. Uh, He didn't go back to the 19th century, but he should have (laughs) um, for generations. Um, And I would not be surprised in the least if there were not backroom wheeling, dealing, back scratching, you name it, to get Sanders out of this because, as I've already said, the bottom line is who can beat Trump. And at the end of the day, in a general election, they got to think about it. They got to calculate it. And they're thinking that he, he Americans aren't going to vote for this guy. He, he sounds he sounds like he's off the rails already. Well, my my concern was that uh they dropped out the day before Super Tuesday, two of them, right? Pete and Amy dropped out. And they immediately endorsed and flew to Texas to be part of the uh, pep rally for Biden. How ironic that is. And then you have. Or is it? And, well, I don't. And then you have the Super Tuesday, and Bloomberg, subsequent to the Super Tuesday voting, decides to drop out. And he states that not only is he going to back Biden, but he's got some airtime that he's going to devote to. Uh, Biden's ideals, okay, as far as his being candidate. So, uh, and the only, and then Warren subsequently has dropped out because anybody that loses their home state to Joe Biden, who never visited that state during the entire campaign, and you lose your home state, she dropped out. She has not endorsed anybody because she lent herself towards Saunders. Well, in, in the blip of, of time in which Bloomberg was involved in this, just listening to him debate and what have you. He was in the forefront of people, obviously. Um, when Bernie Sanders once again opined that I don't think billionaires should even exist, um, Biden, um, I mean, uh, Bloomberg was right there. And if it's not obvious he's opposed to Sanders and everything he stands for, then I don't know who else up there would be. I mean, he was leading the pack. One of the implications of the the way you phrased the question was that somehow Bloomberg is uh, kind of like a wizard sitting in the back, planning everything that and that that uh, the way that it's uh, going to work. Uh, it doesn't look like that holds a lot, very much water to me. Or he would have prepared for the debate better. I mean, there was no all of the stuff that was brought up about him was in the news. His debate prep people ought to have taken him through that, unless he's so arrogant as to think, I can just deal with this, it doesn't matter. Or he, he's just spending the money to spend the money. 
Uh, well, yeah, his debate yeah. performance sounded like he was not prepared, and it was really embarrassing. Well, again, I don't even know why he was in it. If the uh, At the end of the day, the strategy, and not that he came up with this all by himself, it will come out, I presume, one day. But if he ultimately is going to support Biden, why didn't he just support Biden instead of wasting everybody's time, spending all that money? Well, he may have spent the money anyway, but... Uh, again, I, I'll be very curious to see, that is, if we ever learn what that was all about. Because basically, as a contender, he he did nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, other than the fact that he, he spent all that money on airtime promoting a line of thought that people that brought it to their attention. And he, he his goal is to remove President Trump uh, in the upcoming election. So I, I, I'll have to read like you are, I'm getting all kinds of information also. So it's kind of conjecture right now, but it's an interesting thought that it was all contrived, this thing moving forward. Well, unless he makes a statement for some reason, I don't know why he'd do it before the Democrats have their nominee. And I'm not sure what the point would be after that. Uh, we may have to wait some time, but um, uh, what we're saying, which is, I presume pretty accurate is we don't really know what Bloomberg was trying to do. He spent money as Joe and everybody is talking about. He could certainly see he, it's almost as though he got off the bus and went to the debate and said, I'll take a place on the stage. But uh, what are we talking about? He wasn't prepared in the least so far as I could tell. The probably the uh, Occam's razor explanation. The most simplest one is <laughs> I'll get in because Biden is failing fading and we need somebody who can stand up to Sanders. I'm the man. And then Biden didn't fade after South Carolina and Super Tuesday. So handwriting on the wall, he gets out. But lots of other things happened in there that I'm and, and not, not sure we it's quite that simple. No, I don't I don't think we can know now. I, I'd be willing to bet a couple bucks if we're going that route that there's the element in, in the Democratic Party now from stem to stern arguing that, hold on just a minute, this is getting scary. We don't want Bernie Sanders as our nominee because we don't think he can beat Trump. Uh, one of the things that will come out time and time again is that he's he's counting on the support of people who historically don't vote. That's right. Um, the, the, Some of those people didn't come didn't vote on Super Tuesday. In fact, as a gag, I, sometimes I suggest rescinding the 26th Amendment to the Constitution because the people it was aimed at just aren't using it. Yeah, but, uh, I, that, that, the numbers provide that evidence, too, so, in the Super Tuesday. It didn't turn out like they thought. All right, so. That one other thing. Go ahead. That is kind of interesting. If uh, Warren, who was doing lousy in the polls, armed with fundraising before Super Tuesday. Had she dropped out, if we assume that the path that, by, by, that uh, Bernie and Warren is on, that is the radical path, and that the people who are supporting Warren would change and vote for Bernie, if that had happened on Super Tuesday, if no, no Warren in the race, she got 15%, or close to it in a number of states, and those voters had gone to Bernie, Bernie would have won seven or eight states. He would have beaten Biden in seven or eight states. Yeah. 
Well, Tex- sh- Texas, Maine, Michigan, he would have. Maybe. Massachusetts. Maybe. If we're, those. We're going to talk, talk about that. We're going to well, talk and, about and, what's coming down. And Warren isn't, isn't saying much now other than, um, you know, before we went on the air, there was some notion that we might talk about, um, you know, we're doing nuts and bolts and numbers and um speculating about what the behind the scenes strategizing looks like and how it's really unfolding. But a hot topic of conversation, of course, and it makes perfect sense is that as you begin to survey that array of democratic hopefuls in the beginning, there there was the, um, you know, what I'll call the cornucopia of people dumb in America that everybody was hardly surprised to see and the conversation is there every day in the press and on tv radio and whatnot uh women uh, minorities there's america and here we go the democratic race is down to two (laughs) reasonably aged white men both of whom will be almost 80 years old on inauguration day in 2021 and the number of people in this country who have momentarily at least just thrown up their hands at uh, the way this has gone is pretty interesting. There's some uh, somewhere on the continuum between sad and just really downtrodden folks. You know, we thought we thought we were going to have a, a real presidential contender in the Democratic Party. Um who better represents the growing, developing demography of America. And oops, here we go again. So anyway, that I think at some point that that's worth discussing. Yeah. You know, they go along with that. Uh, the, uh, whoever they select to be, uh, or he selects as a vice presidential candidate to run with them. That's very important. That that takes on a whole new level of importance I, because of the age concern. Well, and, and I hope they get real serious in their counsel and their uh, deliberations about that because they have a chance um, to do something that it is not radical, but I, I'm going to go ahead and use progressive in, in the, the best sense I think it's being used in these days. Right. And, uh, no, I would uh, – if I were behind the scenes and I, you know, had some cloud and I'm on the committee or whatever they, they assemble in the way of people who, you know, wind up guiding them, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd tell Mr. Biden if he's the nominee in no uncertain terms, get get one of those uh, nice, bright, smart ladies that was in the mix and make her your running mate. That would be my advice. And of the two, Amy would be the one that would fit. Uh, I don't. I don't think he and Warren would make a, a very no. good uh, president, vice presidential duo, and I think that uh, somebody like Amy Klobuchar, well, what she needs, in my humble opinion, is um, become the second banana and take a look at how it all works and whatnot. And one day, uh, the same thing with Pete Buttigieg. But I, I would. Uh, it's America, twenty twenty one. He he should pick a woman. I I have to agree with you. I, I I just think that Amy's a perfect perfect fit. No, she'd be with Biden. She'd with be Biden. good. My uh, my instinct is, if he wants to win, he picks Amy Klobuchar. Yeah, I do too. She's from Minnesota. Minnesota. She's from the Midwest. Yep. Uh, he's got a lot of appeal in the Midwest. 
that threatens the the reason Mr. Trump won in 2016 because he did so well in that upper Midwest Absolutely. area. And if but just barely, barely, just but barely, he did it. <laughs> if with Klobuchar and Biden and the perception that they're moderate. Mm-hmm. Uh, does a lot for all of those suburban women who tend to be the ones who, in the end, decide elections. Absolutely. Uh, to feel comfortable with. And the, the polling says that while they went from, a lot of them went for Mr. Trump in 2016, they're not comfortable with him this time. Uh, if it's Mr. Sanders, they probably, again, make a choice like uh, they did in, 2016, where they had to hold their nose to, to, from their point of, point of view for in order to choose a candidate and went, went for Mr. Trump. Maybe that's the dynamic that, that does this. But, you know, maybe it's who gets to control the Supreme Court. Maybe it's uh, uh, who that, that seemed to be a big deal in 2016, too. So, well, it's... Uh, it's interesting to think about. Yeah, it is. Lots, let, of, and, lots of variables in play. Yeah, and those those issues are still there. Um, nobody's forgotten about them. But uh, if you're going to put your money on a Democratic duo that could very likely um, get Trump out of the White House, I'd, I don't I don't know who the Democrats could pick that would be better suited. I, if if Biden and somebody like Amy Klobuchar can't do it, I I don't. I don't know what the formula is then. In some of her, some of her speeches, she even said about compromise and and uh, uh, selecting a path that's uh, real that can be accomplished and bipartisan. I mean, all those kinds of terms and phrases really set set well with the moderates. The speech that Biden gave Tuesday night in Los Angeles, uh, he was coherent, and that was the theme. I'm the guy who can work with Demo- with Republicans. I can bring Democrats and Republicans together. I'm the one who's moderate. I'm the, th- that kind of an idea that Mrs. Miss that Senator Klobuchar also uh, uses, and uh, you know, it's probably the strongest team that they that they can put but we, in the field. We I still think. have that that moment or moments when the Democratic choice has to get on the stage with Donald Trump. And that's that's a different universe. It is because he, uh, in terms of Biden, everybody sees where he's going already. Trump is going to go for the juggler right right out of the gate. And if you're not ready to deal with that or counter that, or of course both, he will eat you alive. And uh, he he doesn't have to prep much for that. It's in his nature. Yes, it is. And the Democratic contenders just don't seem to, to have that uh, that Trumpian mean streak. Not not that that's the only way to counter him or deal with him or debate him, but that's something that's going to be very, very crucial because Americans are going to be watching that, and uh, it, it could get ugly. I'm sure it will get ugly. And uh, can you imagine all the uh, social media, all the, all the information going to be put out there? And, it's and, going to be wild. And one of the things that uh, is, I haven't heard, a, in my opinion, an adequate response from 
Biden yet because Trump is going back to Burisma and, and Hunter and Ukraine. He's already started that, and Biden needs to get that straight, tell the people something, not just continue to back away from it and laugh about it, and it, that's not going to work. The one thing that uh, that Biden should have be concerned about is uh, stumbling over terms of, over words and getting some of the information mixed up when he's talking. It, I think Trump will jump all over that. But uh, somebody already came back to me and said that uh, well, Trump is just as guilty of doing that as Biden is. So I just thought that uh, <laughs> Trump would really. You better be careful how well, you attack well, that. But. Well, the the difference. <laughs> the difference between uh, getting facts, figures, and and that sort of thing incorrect and little flub-ups with elocution and what have you, they're not quite the same as facing a president who is uh, a hazard or pathological liar. So uh, they're, they're two different bailiwicks. Well, we'll see how that works. We've got to take a break. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're enjoying this. So we've got uh, Dr. Chip McLeod and, and Professor Joe Green giving us their expertise. And so we'll be right back. Don't go away. And we've got lots more information here on tips. We now return you to tips, topics, issues, and positions with Dr. Bob Oxley. Okay, everybody, we're back. And uh, this is uh, Professor Joe Green and Dr. Chip McLeod as we continue to take a look at uh, what transpired in Super Tuesday in our first half of the show. And it was an amazing outcome for uh, uh, Biden. And uh, what I'd like to do now is let's take a look at where are we going with this next group of states on Tuesday upcoming? Uh, we got Mississippi and Missouri, Michigan, and the state of Washington. Uh, they're going to be holding primaries. And uh, what do you think the outcome is going to be? Are we going to see a comeback from from our friend uh, uh, Mr. Sanders, or is it Biden going to dominate all four of those states also? Any comments on those? It's this Tuesday, so I think I think he probably does well in Washington. Okay. Washington is a very progressive state. Uh, the whole West Coast is very progressive nowadays. Uh, by, uh, Mr. Sanders is doing well where there are lots of Hispanics. Hispanics seem to uh, warm to his message. And young people, although young people don't vote as much no. as, as we pointed out already. And in Super Tuesday, uh, where he expected a big, uh, turnout because of the excitement that he was generating and the big crowds and so on. Uh, he was he was disappointed. The turnout of uh, of young people was not great. Turnout of uh, but the turnout of dem regular Democrats 
was relatively high. Yes. It was higher than 2016 in most states. In, in Virginia, it was uh, 70% higher than 2016. It was at, Virginia was at 2008 levels when President Obama was so, uh, such an exciting candidate for Democrats. So, uh, but in those states that have big Hispanic populations, I would expect Bernie to do well. Now, uh, I don't know much about the demography of Missouri. I'm sure that Mr. Biden's going to do well in Mississippi and anywhere on the South that he wants that he that he goes. Uh, that Mr. Sanders won't. But uh, the Mr. Sanders should have done well in Michigan, just given the nature of his uh, his appeal, and that to me kind of bodes ill for his campaign. But Warren is out. Right. And that might mean a pickup of an extra 10% of people on that that particular uh, lane in the Democratic side. Okay. Well, and no matter how modern um, politicos and geographers and, and what have you try to move Missouri around, historically it's a southern state. And uh, Biden certainly has a chance to uh, pick up delegates and that sort of thing there. There are some of the, in fact, the, the folks who do this all day long, every day, are casting. And, and we can go into perhaps April, uh, the, the, the other um, gaggle of place, places where people will be having primaries and that sort of thing uh, in the East. But a lot of people are casting Michigan as a toss-up. It could go either way. Curiously enough, the same thing with Arizona. It's not a gimme for anybody. It's hard to tell what what will happen there. And as we were mentioning on the break, it would seem to me that Bernie, perhaps wisely, whatever his people are telling him this looks like, has pretty much conceded the South to Biden. Um, As we all know, he was scheduled to visit Mississippi. He canceled that and is, is going to... Michigan, which again could go either way, so that makes more sense. I don't, I don't think he's going to do well anywhere in the, the traditional South, and uh, whether it makes him look a little lackluster to some people, in other words, not willing to get in there and, and fight it out, that that could be the case. But um, in reality probably made a wise decision that's that's biden's territory so they're gonna have to fight it out in other parts of the country i i a couple things one on on missouri uh sanders uh against uh hillary clinton did real well in missouri uh but now that's he took away the conservative vote and doesn't do well now with the conservative vote so as a result what they're doing is a lot of people are saying that biden's going to take missouri because the conservatives and moderates are going to vote for Biden as opposed to Saunders, where that wasn't the choice they had previously. So that's one. The other one is Michigan. Uh, here's a concern on the part of like the UAW, United Automotive Workers. They have a pretty good contract as far as their benefits are concerned. And Saunders is saying, you know, let's wipe that all out and we're going to be all together with this universal <laughs> health care and the union people are a little bit concerned about that so what's what's your feeling on as, that is, as well they, as well they should be <laughs> oh yeah uh biden has a really really strong argument for uh all most democrats 
in the abstract are in favor of some sort of universal health insurance system like Canada because they're really concerned that there are numbers of Americans who don't have coverage and uh, were concerned before Obamacare that num numerous Americans, even if they did have coverage, could lose it if they had a pre-existing condition or if they got sick and uh, that there were uh, parts of these healthcare contracts where you got a certain ki kind of disease and it went above a certain level, you'd lose your your uh, health insurance so in the abstract. But since World War II, we've built a system of insurance enjoyed by 80% of Americans that they get through their, private, through their business. And that has some issues and problems like transferring it if you quit your job and that kind of thing. But people tend to like the security of what they've had. And the unions have been really, really, really strong in not taking wage increases over the past 15 years and taking increases in what we call Cadillac health, Cadillac health coverage. You don't have very many deductibles, if any. Uh, you don't have uh, high co-pays. Uh, your health care is just taken care of. It's like you're in a socialized system because that's where their wages have gone. And now Sanders, in the name of giving everybody health care, is saying, you're going to have to give that up. Yeah. And no one thinks that Medicare does all of the things that these Cadillac healthcare plans do for these people who are in unions. And so that's a, Biden's been hitting, hitting him with that. Kobachar was hitting him with that. And uh, that ultimately helped sink Warren. Sanders just hasn't put a number on what it's going to cost you know, that's all Biden has to do with all, all of that. And, it, you know, it, that can be very scary for millions of Americans. Well, there, there were numbers floating around and nobody insisted that uh, we nail them down and what have you. And uh, the the 25 to $30 trillion price tag over X number of years was out there. And that's probably conservative. That's probably inaccurate. And the other thing... Joe offered the particulars, but we're talking about one of the, the great features of, uh, even though it doesn't cover everybody and their problems, of American health care that people have gotten for generations through their employers is the concept of choice. I mean, that's big. It takes you a lot of places. But what Sanders is telling the American people is that if I have my way and I am one American who can't imagine that program getting through Congress, we're, we're going to dictate to you how health care works. And uh, one of the first things that I would want to know about, even if something like that were to fly, is who determines which physicians you get to see. Do, do you, we're going to set up some um, directory or this, that, and the other. But uh, again, this notion that we've been choosing is part of the culture all this time. And now we're potentially faced with a system that means that's gone. Uh, I don't, I don't think most Americans are comfortable with that. And and uh, when you're going to, if you need an operation, when is that operation going to be scheduled? 
at what hospital? Yeah. Are you going to be sitting around for six months waiting to get in the queue? And, and who gets gets priority with that? And well, who makes the determination of how serious it is? And we, we all know that, again, health care is, it, it, not to sound crass, but it's a commodity. It's a service. Um, everybody, again, the distressed 80-year-old who has horrible cancer or, or cardiovascular pro- problems that uh, in our system w- would require astronomical expenditures, which are ridiculous in the first place. What kind of system are we going to have that takes care of those people, or are they going to be aged out of it because it doesn't make economic sense to spend all that money on somebody who is, again, actuarially dead? Uh, in and in the Canadian system, that that happens. It does. Uh, the government has X amount of dollars that they can get through the the uh, parliament to spend on health care, and they love the idea of everybody having a card, being able to go for free to go see your physician when you've got a cold or. Uh, you've broken your arm or something like that, and it's all free, and Canadians love it. It's free? <laughs> well, Is it really? For, it's free it's for... Right. Yeah, it, it's You're paying for it a little bit. No no one does has any out-of-pocket costs when they first go. But if you have some kind of a serious problem that requires some sort of specialist, now, because there's only a limited amount of money, they limit who who gets to see the specialist, who gets to have the procedure, and they put you in lines in order to do that. So uh, you have the, uh, if you remember back when Obamacare was being debated, the uh, leader, chief, uh, president, or whatever it is of Nova Scotia, the guy who ran Nova Scotia. Prime Minister. um, Had needed a heart, uh, heart surgery and came to the United States rather than stay in Canada in order to do it because uh, our, for those who can afford the system, That's and it. people in unions can, uh, you get the best doctors in the world, you get the best, most modern medical equipment. I remember 20 years ago uh, when the Clinton, was it 20 years or 25, when the Clinton healthcare proposal was being debated was Hillary someone yeah. noted that there were more MRI machines in Minnesota than there were in all of Canada it, we just have certain advantages in the United States that uh, occur because of that and when the government is spending its health care budget in a democratic way it's going to do care and it's probably going to skimp on the research and skimp on the the more expensive procedures, and there will be people who are too old, they'll, they'll go to the back of the line and won't get the procedure before. Age discrimination. Huh? Well, um, and, and it's <laughs> it would be interesting to see a, a poll with some good, accurate coverage as to what Americans think a Bernie Sanders health care plan would look like. I mean, I actually don't. I I don't know whether all these people out there cheering him on on that basis really think that okay, we'll institute a program that means, based on the notion that healthcare is a, a human right, and no matter what's wrong with you, we're going to have a system where you can be introduced to it, and 
have whatever's wrong with you taken care of. I don't know if they're thinking about this, if they've read up at all on how this works, but that is unfortunately impossible. That can't obtain. Um, so I, I wonder if, if they've thought about that. And does not obtain in any of the places the Sanders praises, like uh, he got in a Ruha over Cuba, and he didn't talk about health care, but he has in the past. It doesn't obtain in Sweden. It doesn't obtain in Denmark. Right. Uh, it's a little better in Norway, but Norway has oil money that they, they, they use to make their system work a little bit more generously. Yes, they but they still run into problems in Norway. But certainly the old Soviet Union, uh, you wouldn't trade your health care for what was going on in the old Soviet Union or... Uh, Nicaragua or other places that he has praised in the course of his career. Interesting. Okay, let me take it forward. <laughs> Wait a minute, before I let you go, <clears throat> so we're, we've got these four states coming up. We've got Washington, Missouri, Michigan, and Alabama, is it? Oh, Mississippi. So who's going to ask you each, who's going to win Mississippi? Is it going to be Biden or is it going to be Saunders? My prediction is that uh, Trump wins Mississippi. Wait a minute, wrong, <laughs> wrong, wrong party there, Joe. I'll get, we'll get to that. <laughs> what do you think? You think that uh, Biden's going to take Mississippi? Oh yeah, because of the African American. Oh, yeah, yeah. Biden has the African American vote now. Agreed. Just no, solid. he he he's going to sweep the South. Um, he the, Bernie has has no no cachet, no no legs, no nothing in the South. Okay, now what about Missouri? I, I think Biden is, is likely to take Missouri, too. Yeah, I do, too. All yep. right. Yep. Uh, what about the wonderful state of Michigan? Before Super Tuesday, I would have predicted Sanders going away. Yeah. But I, I don't think so now. Down, down to the, the minute, the people, once again, who do this all day long, every day, won't forward a prediction that everybody I've been reading, listening to, uh, is calling Michigan a toss up. It could go either way. Wow. And what about the state of Washington? Uh, I think Sanders does well in Washington. Yeah. Joe, Joe made good, good points. I mean, you, you got to take a look at, as you, you do everywhere, the demography there, who's in the mix and whatnot. And he, he, uh, Washington's a, a pretty progressive state. Yeah. Uh, just, just so you know, the governor of Michigan has endorsed Biden, which is nice. Well, you know, she's uh, she said that uh, of the two, uh, that Biden is, seems to be the, the one that uh, her state would be most. Well, and, and it's time to do those calculations, and y you have to get out there at some point, and these primaries are forcing people to make some kind of decision because now is when it really counts as you you make your way to the nomination and uh so uh does does michigan have a large hispanic population is no. and i think biden wins going away i i would bet it's not even close no. i think what that what got my attention was the unions the uaw in particular came out and felt very uncomfortable with uh, Saunders. Well, again, but between the, the gov governor's endorsement and you're talking about people who work in a very powerful industry who certainly don't want people taking their benefits away from them. No. 
And they've uh, got it. And the automotive workers, uh, they've always had a great benefit that, package. That could so. spell this for Sanders right there. Yeah. I think what Super Tuesday did is it said, here's someone who has a legitimate chance to beat President Trump. If you're a Democrat, that's what you want. And we're going to stick with him. And I'll bet most Democrats do. And I bet Biden goes into the convention. I thought it was going to be a brokered convention. I did too. I absolutely thought it did. I did too. And now I don't see I don't see that happening. No, there may be none of that. He, he may be the, the clear runaway winner for the nomination. They don't have to um, sing and dance and negotiate and, and, you know, any of that. Well, here's my next question for you. This goes, well, I think you've already opened up the kimono on this one, but who's stronger against President Trump. You keep hearing the banners being waved. We got whatever it takes to beat Trump. That's all we care about. Of the two candidates, who's going to be the one that's most capable of defeating the current president? The candidate has to be somebody who can compete in Ohio. Uh, I think the Republicans are going to get Florida this time, but North Carolina uh, might be a toss up. But Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin and Iowa and Ohio, uh, Arizona probably is is on that list. If it's Biden versus Trump, I see Biden being really strong in those Midwestern states, maybe even in Ohio. Boy, that's going to be something. uh, And so uh, the polling right now that where they're doing Trump versus Biden has uh, they did Trump versus Biden, Trump versus Sanders? Trump's at around forty-four percent, and both of these two are at fifty. Biden wow. was okay. That's the real clear politics average poll as of this morning, and I just think that um, in those suburban enclaves where the female vote, single and married, tends to be the determiner of elections in those battleground states, in Pennsylvania especially, the suburbs around Philadelphia, went for Trump. And Biden might be safe enough, especially with a Klobuchar, as Chip and I have decided that's who it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that's why you're here. I, I got uh, the committee here. I'll, 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 I'll write the letter informing Mr. Biden of our choice <laughs> right. when, uh, when this is over. He'll, he'll want to read that quickly. <laughs> Uh, uh, I think he does really well, and I, I don't, I, th- I think it's going to be really, really close. No, it's very interesting that uh, what we're talking about are mostly states where, once again, Trump barely won in 2016. We're also trading on the the demographic Joe has referred to is primarily made up with people uh, made up of people who probably likely have just gotten fed up with with Trump and it it won't take much when you're talking about states where he won by 60 or 70,000 votes that that's that can swing one way or the other very easily and uh I'm not sure what these people would tell you given their thoughts on his policies and initiatives and how they've worked out I think as much as anything they may have arrived at the conclusion he's just not a very good we'll put him in the package of a role model as president he's not he's not what we need in this day and time 
and those those states could very easily make the democratic nominee president of the united states and and i think all things considered here we go again nobody thought trump would get the nomination people were flabbergasted that the man was elected president of the united states but you you got to put it out there at some point and i i think biden has a much better chance of defeating trump than bernie sanders okay great thank you uh, i'm going to switch gears a little bit as far as republicans um they trump's uh, the nominee isn't he just came by i i think he won the uh it was only by 88%. That's what yeah. he got, 88%. Yeah. So, yeah, he does, in, he in does Mass- too. In Massachusetts, he only got 88%. <laughs> but that was against those two strong candidates running against him. Yes. But nobody knows their name. But anyway, Republicans yep. hope to battle back in Congress and says uh, Republicans lost seven congressional seats in California in 2018, but they hope to regain at least a few of them this time around. <laughs> so Sarah Wright writes, she said, uh, their efforts are off to a decent start in early returns from two of those districts, uh, the 21st in the Central Valley, where former GOP Representative David Val- is it Valadeo holds a strong lead over Democratic uh, Representative T.J. Cox, and the 30 and the 39th, where Young Kim holds a slight lead over Representative uh, Cisneros in the district that uh, straddles the L.A. Orange County line. So do you think the strategy is now not only to maintain the U.S. Senate, but also to regain the power in the U.S. House to take over, get back the House? And it doesn't matter if there's a Democratic president, uh, the Republican uh, Party and their goals and values will be maintained. Well, that wasn't the question, but I just want to toss it out as quickly as I can. Don't forget, there are Democrats in Congress who are being challenged by Democrats. So, uh, I would have predicted a big Trump win before Super Tuesday because uh, I thought Bernie Sanders, Sanders, given the field, had the inside track. After everything that happened Super Tuesday, I don't think that's the case anymore. And if Biden is at the head of the ticket with a decent vice presidential candidate, I think it's way easier for Democrats to defend their their positions in their districts. Mm-hmm. And I don't see the House changing at all. Okay. And I don't know about the Senate. Uh, there are uh, There's at least one Senate seat in Alabama that I think the Democrats lose, but there may be some in... Arizona, maybe, and that the Democrats win. Okay. So we'll see. All right. Last I, moment. I think the, the Senate will remain divided after we get a new president, and whoever's sitting in the, the driver's seat is going to have to deal with a divided Congress, and we'll see how wow. how much leadership uh, this individual can bring to the job. Okay. Can I invite both of you back next month for another episode <laughs> of The Politics of 2020? Okay, it's uh, Bob Oxley saying goodbye, everybody. We're, we ran it right up to the last second. Love you guys. And see you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Dr. Bob Oxley with tips, topics, issues, and positions. For video and or audio of this, go to Podbean or Spotify, YouTube or Facebook and search Radio St. George or RadioStGeorge.com. Until next week, 
This has been Bob Oxley with tips on Radio St. George 100.3 FM.